Do you want to see my new chainsaw and hockey mask? Brood Radio. Dario, what am I thinking? Dead or alive, you are coming with me. Shut up. Brood Radio. Flyers looking to respond. Being a goon is a good thing. Wilson! Hanson's after the puck against Brower. Hey! Raffi Torres just wiped out Brent Seabrook. Here's Corey Basso. <laughs> I'm rolling you. And Rosie. Anna! Come quietly or there will be trouble. It's Brood Radio on TSN. Matthew Rosenthal with Corey Basso. We're finally here, Maddie. Sushwap, Salmon Arm, fun. Beautiful BC, God's country, as I like to call it. How are you enjoying things so far? We had, a, we had a long trek up here. It was a little tumultuous with the weather, but we got here in the sun. You brought the sunshine with you. You arrived a little bit later than I did. How are you feeling now that we're here? We're at the, uh, the Barley Station Brew Pub right in downtown Salmon Arm. What are you feeling, man? Well, I'm feeling that this is the place to be on a Friday night in Salmon Arm for sure. This place is packed. And you're right, it's only a four and a half hour drive from Vancouver, so it wasn't too bad. Traffic was okay, so we're good. We're good to go. We're good here, we're good, and we're sitting with Robin Sear, Shoe Shop Tourism, Shoe Shop Economic Development, Columbia Shoe Shop Film Commission. Robin, you're the master behind all this. You help set all this up. You help bring Brood Radio to Salmon Arm all the way from Vancouver. <laughs> How does it feel to be part of probably one of the most epic road trips of all time? It's great. It's great. Great to have you here. And, uh, it's a great road trip. It's it's you know beautiful and not that far away from Vancouver. So and uh, this is definitely. I grew up in Vancouver. I like Vancouver. Yeah. But it's really nice here too. So. It's absolutely <laughs> nice to get out of the city. Nice to go to a, yeah. to a place where it's also happening in its own kind of way, Robin. That's uh, right. So tell us what's going on here in Salmon. Obviously, we come down here to cover the single track event here with Trans Rockies and some great mountain biking, some great cycling. But we managed to get into Salmon Arm itself and just check out what you guys have to offer. You got it's got a great downtown waterfront, the historic waterfront. Uh, a lot of people will know this from bringing up the families a few years back and going to Scotch Creek and places around there. Lots of good houseboating around here. Like it, it speaks for itself. But as a tourism uh, gal, you get to go a little bit more in depth. Uh, what do you find is the best thing uh, for you that Salmon Arm has to offer? And, and, and name some stuff off the top of your head that people can just check out here. So uh, one of the places that you have to go to is the Shishwa Pie Company. It has the best pie. Yes. And uh, so you have to check that out. And I, I think it's. I think one of the things that it's really nice about this community is the just the people here in the community and yeah. how welcoming it is. And we're not pretentious. It's we're not meant to be. We're not Vancouver. It's that. So when you come, <laughs> zing. I know. I, I like Vancouver. I do. I like Vancouver. I like going to Vancouver. We get what you're saying, Robin. We get what you're saying. <laughs> but it's really nice to come home here, and uh, it's it's a great community. We've got, and you know, uh, people think that sometimes we're a little sleepy here. We are not sleepy here. There is tons going on. We have a great network of trails. We have uh, our our backroad cycling is probably one of the best. We have teams coming from all over Alberta, down into the states, across Canada to train here because we have these really great backcountry roads that are quiet. So. And uh, we have uh, our Roots and Blues Music Festival. Yes, I've heard lots about this. This this is like your guys' bread and butter as far as festivals go, isn't it? This is our Keystone event. Yeah, Yeah. this is our Keystone event, our summer event. And uh, 
It's just, it's just such a, you know, I had just talking to somebody today and they said to me, but there's not really a lot of, uh, you know, big, big names, you know, like some of the other big festivals on the coast. And I said, but you have to go. You just have to go and experience it. And there's people that, I mean, I've gone, I've been there the last six years, and there's people that I didn't know existed. Fabulous, just fabulous uh, music, and uh, a lot of local talent comes into it as well too. But just this, just this nice, easy-going festival that uh, just a really laid-back, and it's sitting under the stars, and you know, on a on a starry night, and listening to this fabulous music is one of our definitely one of our great events. So, so obviously, the outdoors is what brings people here to Salmon Arm. The, the outdoors, outdoors. and yeah. one of the things when I mentioned that. We were taking this trip up to Salmon Arm Shushwap. My girlfriend was like, I can't wait to stop at the fruit stands on the way there. I'm like, what yeah. about Salmon Arm itself? She's like, no, 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 no. I want to stop at those fruit stands on the way yeah. there. And yeah, you mentioned yeah. the fruit pie. So that, that's got to be a big, um, a nice yeah. little niche for you guys having to yeah. have that like nice fruit market corner down. Huh? Not, not just fruit, but local food, period. And, and so wine as well. Lots of, we have seven wineries here. So, and... Uh, a lot of the grapes are, most of the grapes are grown here. And what we're, we're called the cool climate wines. We're a little bit north of yep. the of the southern Okanagan wines. A little bit different flavored wines, but we have lots of award-winning wines here that uh, that you, you need to taste. You need to get out and taste. So. Now, I know from experience myself, having camped out here at Scotch Creek, camping is a big thing in the Shushwap. Yes. Now, there's Copper Island. That's for cliff diving. Am I correct on that? You are correct on that. <laughs> Why is so, that frowned upon? But it's uh, No, it's just that, uh, you know, so sometimes uh, people people get a little concerned uh, okay. about, about going out there. It's beautiful, though. If you can only do it by boat access, so you can take a kayak or, you know, take your speedboat or whatever. Yeah. There's lots of trails. And... and you just have to be careful where you where you dive. That's all. So the Shushwap is also the houseboat capital of Canada, correct? It is. That's right. So tell us so. more about that. Like in terms of, like, what are the type of people that are coming out for houseboating out here? Is it all ages? Is it just families or who? Um, it, it's all ages. So we get, uh, of course, we, we get the partiers. You know, that's uh, the 20, 20 kids on a boat sort of type thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> But we, we do get families. We get lots of family reunions, and there's weddings on boats. And uh, so I, I'd say that's probably about 50% of the market here is is families and family reunions. It's a great trip. It's, uh, you know, we have some spectacular scenery and uh, some, some of, you know, as you get on a houseboat and you get on a boat, you see all the things that you can't see from, from the road. And, and we have, like, white sandy beaches up at Seymour Arm, and it's just... It's it's really beautiful. Like it's just. So they're saying take take the take the exit off of, under the shoe shop. Don't just take drive through exit. it. Don't drive through it. So. Rude Radio in Salmonar. I'm talking to Robin Sear of Shoe Shop Tourism. Now, Robin, golf is golf, golf prevalent out here? Because golf you don't. Is. I'm not. I'm going to admit you don't hear a ton about it. No. From Vancouver. No. So tell us a bit about the golf courses out here. So the golf courses here are, um, we've got some great golf courses, uh, Quiet uh, Lodge, uh, Talking Rock Golf Course, um, beautiful course. We've got some of the most spectacular scenery that that I've ever been on on a golf course. So we, golf is, uh, golf is a challenge right now. Um, and and you, you'll talk to any golf course in BC and golf is a challenge. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, Tends to be a little bit expensive, and uh, I don't. We, we don't have a really young generation that's golfing right now. So a lot of our golfers are aging, and uh, so the numbers are going down. But uh, 
I, you know, it's we, we promote it. We, we're working with um, the golf courses right now to build some new promotional material material yeah. with them. And uh, yeah, it's 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 a great sport. I'm not a golfer, but <laughs> <laughs> can you recommend any courses? So I, I I would say that Talking Rock is, Talking is Rock, probably our okay. key one. The Seminar Golf Club is a very nice course as well too. Got a great restaurant. Um, Hyde Mountain again, another with, with spectacular scenery, and you can actually at Hyde Mountain you can actually moor your boat down at the dock, and they'll come down and get you, and you can come up oh, and do wow. a round of golf and have lunch or whatever, and and so it's good. Shishwab Lake Estates is another great golf course here, and then we've we've got some smaller ones, so it's the smaller nine hole. Yeah. So there's lots of golf. Lots there's lots of golf. of golf. Okay. There's lots of golf if you want to golf. So now when people. Like think about the Shushwap. I don't even know what the exact locations of it are. I know it starts in Chase. It starts in Chase. So does it end in Sycamus? No, it goes right through the Three Valley Gap. Okay, so how far are we talking? How big is the area here? So the uh, kilometer-wise? Well, just um, in terms of city. In, in terms of being on the highway, probably we're looking at about 200 kilometers So okay. on, on, on the road. Uh, as far as landmass, it's a huge area. The, I mean, the lake itself is about 700 kilometers of shoreline, so it's a huge area. It's a big area. So. Okay, so if someone has one day in the Shushwap, yeah. what are you suggesting they do from morning to night? So what am I su- uh, suggesting they yeah, do Yeah, what should they day? not miss, yes. So what should they not miss? The wineries. Okay. Um, downtown. So they're boozing in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> No, maybe you want to do there, that. Robin. So, but you, you got to do, do the wine tours, though. It's okay. it's, it's spectacular. Uh, Margaret Falls, take into which is in Harold Provincial Park. You got to see the falls and walk in. It's one of the most spectacular areas here. Um, you know, our down our downtown is a cute cute kind of quaint, and we've got great local. We got local bakeries, local cafes. And then take a walk out on our, our wharf. It is the longest curved wharf in North America. That's its claim to fame. So. Very good. Very good. Very good. Take some wine down to the wharf with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Robin, obviously, being again, once again, on a sports station, we have to touch on the local sports scene, yeah. the local sports following. I can only assume this is a Vancouver Canucks town. Yes. I, I would think so. But there may be some people that... Some tra- you know, well, we know you... Because I, I, did, I was going to say, I didn't know this, but on the drive up, I noticed a lot of Alberta plates. And apparently, this place is like yes. summer paradise for a lot of Albertans. Yes, it is. Do, you, do we have a, an Edmonton or a Calgary fan contingent here? Uh, probably yes. We we do have Calgary is probably our largest population here. So wow. coming in, uh, we have a lot of yeah a lot of uh, vacation homes here. Mm-hmm. Calgary is probably Edmonton is probably our next largest. Um, so definitely Alberta is very strong here. We have a very strong visitation here. Now as far as the so. BCHL, they'll never usurp my favorite Surrey Eagles. But how do the Salmon Arm Silverbacks do when when winning season? Is they're they're a good, they're a great team. So uh, just a great great hometown team and uh, very competitive and and we have a very strong um, community that supports them so it's uh, but it, hockey's uh, hockey's big here as well as my minor hockey as well too so uh, we, we do some big tournaments here 
in the winter and uh, with the youth. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very strong, the winter. Now, are there any football programs up here? Because I know the CFL is quite big in some more interior niche markets up right. up northern in BC, and they right. do they do choose to visit these communities in their off-season to, to promote the game. How does CFL do around here, and how is um, the football scene? We haven't. There is football here, but it's not as big as the hockey. Definitely not as well, big absolutely. as the hockey. I, I, yeah. Soccer probably is, oh, wow, is really? probably more than, yeah, more than I would say football. So... I, I had I have four girls and my girls didn't play football so I'm probably not the best <laughs> one. <laughs> they played rugby and soccer and all well, those things. But close enough to football. It's about as close to football as it gets. Yeah, Robin right. Sear from Shushwap Tourism joining us. Robin, just keeping you for a little while longer. You put us up in a pretty sweet little place, the Podolan yes. Inn, uh, yes. just on the far end of uh, the Salmon Arm Strip, as I'm calling it. Yeah. Um, they got some good stuff going on there. It looks like th- that just for the pool alone, I think it's yep. pretty magical. It's a beautiful pool, um, so. How do you find the response that the Padolan Inn is, and uh, is that one of the better joints to stay in here in Salmon Arm? Yeah, I, I, I think it is. They've got a great restaurant, um, you know, the nice suites. It's uh, a great pool. They've got they've probably got the nicest uh, pool here in the area. So, a nice, great hotel, um, good staff. I work a lot with them with our media tours, etc., and just just a great place to stay. One of our one of our major hotels. So you heard it from the gal herself, Maddie Robbins here from Shushwap Tours. I'm giving you all the goods on on Salmon Arm Shushwap. It sounds like a good trip, man. We've got two days to burn here, so yeah. this is going to be a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of good lakes to hang out on. A lot of good food to eat. Lest we mention the Barley Station Brew Pub that we're at, putting together some great beer and some great food for us today. Tell us a little bit about the, the pub here. I mean, this is the place to be, isn't it? This is the, this is the place to be. So um, Kathy and Stu Bradford are the owners here. They started this up, and then you'll have to get the year that they've but they they've been in they've been a while for, for a while. while. They've been around for a while. They brew their own beer, and and they're just a great another again another great community business that uh, supports the local community and. Uh, yeah, this, this place is jam-packed 12 months out of the year. I mean, it's you come in here on a Friday night in the middle of the winter, and it's packed. So We talked yeah. about the winery scene. Let's talk a little bit about the craft beer scene. I mean, it's blooming yes. everywhere, especially here yes. in B.C. I mean, you have these guys. We even had a guy tweet us today, after we mentioned Shoe Shop Tourism on Twitter, yeah. tweeting us to tell us to go to the Hideaway Liquor Store and get a, a Cranog's Party Pig filled yes. up. So I'm, yes. I'm, I'm feeling like craft beer is a pretty big scene here, it's is it? Big. Yeah, it is big. And uh, Cranog Ales... Was when it was the first organic brewery in Canada, and uh, they uh, their backhand of God is is I'm not a dirt beer, but it is fabulous. So there you go. So their and their beers and again, um, you know they they really they've really worked on their organic farming and they grow their own hops and so it's more that it's more than just beer. It's a whole lifestyle for them and uh, just. Yeah, it's, it's very cool. It's just very cool to meet these people that are doing all these really kind of unique uh, things. So, yeah, it's cool. Eat your heart out, Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> God's country is just a four-hour trip away. Robin Sear from Shoe Shop Tourism joining us here on Bird Radio. Robin, thank you so much for your time. Giving us the lowdown on Shoe Shop, Salmon Arm, everything. I mean, that was a pretty good infomercial there, right there. Like, that, that, that is everything you need to do with Salmon Arm. Well, there's lots more. I haven't oh, okay, touched okay. on it yet. Okay. So. <laughs> well, we'll come back here another time and we can delve more into that. Robin, thank there you so you much for your time. And uh, thanks for having us, or thank you for hosting us on Brood Radio. Thanks for coming. And, th- and thanks for uh, covering the ST6. It's uh, it's going to be a great event for us. So. we got more on the ST6 as far as trails, the riders, the event itself. Coming up more, it's right here at Brood Radio, TSN at 1040. Brood Radio.
back again, Maddie. We're still alive here in Salmon Arm Shoe Swap. Couple segments in the books, couple more to come. I'm enjoying this, man. I'm learning lots about mountain biking, and I love getting into the into the backwoods of beautiful British Columbia. Everybody thinks Vancouver is just it, and maybe Victoria. I know you're a Victoria guy, but as far as I'm concerned, it's the interior and the the little place, the little character places that make BC, man. It's the little towns, if you want to call them little towns, not to disrespect them, but it, this is where the memories are made, for sure, in the summer at least. This is where dreams are made. This is where dreams <laughs> are made, absolutely. And while we're on dreams, I'm dreaming of hitting up Table 24. I mean, no disrespect to the Barley Station, which has been absolutely fantastic. Try the Blondale, try the Raspberry. I know you like the talking dog, uh, the Wit Beer. That's, that, that's your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. I got nothing else to tell you. I'm, I'm working on a Sam McGuire's right now. Yeah, it, it fits well with my... Uh, Pineapple curry chicken coming. That's what they recommended, so that's what I'm going with. Beer pairing food connoisseur, Matthew Rosenthal, giving his take there. <laughs> but as I was mentioning, Table 24 at the Podolan Inn, uh, Salmon Arm, every month for a winemaker dinner with tapas creations from executive chef David Schiaffino. He sounds like a fellow Italian like myself. And a winemaker from a local winery in Shoeshop or the Okanagan Valley. The next one is coming up on Feb- uh, February, Friday, I should say, uh, July 31st at 7 o'clock. That's Table 24 at the Podolan Inn in Salmon Arm. That's not Grand Prairie. That's not Fort Mac. That's a Salmon Arm location. Lots of tapas. Don and Sarah Triggs from the Kulmina uh, Family Estate Winery in Oliver, B.C. 75 bucks a person, Maddie. Uh, call to reserve at 1-250-832-5024. Once again, that's 1-250-832-5024. It's lots of numbers. Table24.ca. Table24.ca. Just go online. Check it out. Uh, in the meantime, while you're checking that out, we have Phil McIntyre Paul, the Executive Director of Shushwap Trail Alliance, sir. Uh, we've been having some good conversations off mic here about what goes into trailblazing down here in, uh, in Salmon Arm. Tell us a little, bit, a little bit about what your position is, and welcome to the show, man. Hey, I'm pleased to be here. Thanks, you guys. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you do as the Executive Director at the Trail Alliance. Uh, what is your role in putting together the trails for the single track six event here? So, so really, uh, all I am is a representative of uh, some 200-plus uh, partners throughout the region who have okay. been working together over the last 10 years to, uh, to do a better job of building, creating, and maintaining recreational and transportation trails for walking, biking, mountain biking, wow. skiing, throughout the entire region. So, And my job is to kind of harass people and say, hey, you know, we should keep working on this. It's a good idea. So. We need people like you in the world. We need more people like you. Um, so tell us about, like, what goes into picking a certain trail for the event. Obviously, um, you, 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 you see what works and you see what doesn't, so you make adjustments for the next year. But when you're thinking, what is a bikeable trail or what is a recreational trail, what goes into you? Is it being able to see the sun through the trees? Is it having nice squirrels through the, the park? What, what goes into picking a proper trail? Awesome. So it completely depends on who you are, right, and what you want to do and what, what the experience is. And for a lot of people, it's, it's a variety of things. In this case, we're talking about mountain bikers and enthusiasts, folks who are, uh, who are, who are living, uh, uh, they're, they're riding these trails for both the experience of the flow and the feel of being on the trail, being outside, being in the, in the forest, but also... Uh, there's a, you know, these are some of the healthiest athletes that you'll meet. So, so what goes into kind of finding and choosing trails that are really going to serve themselves well for this particular race? 
uh, is quite different than the trails we might work with for the equestrian community, for example, or for a group that's going for a, a stroll or a walk. So uh, part of it is getting into the minds and, uh, and the desires of the people who want to use the trails. And that's literally what we've been doing is pulling people together and asking that question, saying, what does this need to be about? And then working with them to make it happen. In this case, uh, props out to the Shushwap Bike Club. They've worked, one of our partners, they've worked really closely with the Single Track Six Race and the Trans Rockies organizers, and they've handpicked uh, sort of the primo mountain biking trails uh, and created a route with uh, Aaron and the team that uh, I think is going to be a pretty good start to a six-day race. So. Now, every, everything is good in theory, Phil, but yeah, uh, yeah. One, one thing we know in BC is that there's lots of red tape to go through in lots of certain departments, and when it comes to beautiful BC, it's, it's no different. You have lots of people just trying to preserve the community, the yeah. environment, obviously First Nations who have a, have a great hand in preserving our land as well. Um, is, is there lots of red tape to go through to be like, hey, let's do a trail here, let's do this, let's do this? Or are people generally receptive to be like, you know what, this trail serves a purpose, it, it, it's proper in our community, or, or do you get lots of backlash? It, I wouldn't say we get backlash, but we definitely, it, respect has to be a key to everything that happens, and that is exactly why the, the Trail Alliance formed 10 years ago. It was uh, a regional effort, uh, Shushwap Tourism, uh, regional partners, uh, we're in Sukhupnik territory, and so uh, leadership from the, uh, the four key bands here in the Squapmic uh, Lakes area uh, are part of that leadership. And, and really it's, a, it's a, uh, an effort of working together respectfully and saying, wait a minute, if we, if we do this together in a way that's accountable, we can actually look after the place we live as well as enjoy it and move through it in, in different ways. So what we found is, uh, you could think of it as red tape, but I like to think of it as um, it's kind of the way we... Uh, we help ourselves work together in a way that's going to actually make this last. It's going to be viable uh, 10, 20, 50, 100 years from now. So, Phil McIntyre, Paul, Executive Director, Shushwap Trail Alliance. Phil, I got handed a brochure that said you guys have over 100 trails. Is that correct, or is that just exaggeration? We, we are not blowing smoke out of anything. This, <laughs> this, <laughs> it's for real, man. So, I mean, what, what was happening uh, 10, uh, 15 years ago, there's some really amazing uh, stewards and volunteers out there, and they've been creating uh, trails. One of the largest is the Large Hills Nordic Trail System, one of the largest in the province. Yeah. The, the race route will actually use a part of that. The race route's actually going to use three different trail systems and tie them together. Um, but what we realized was uh, if we could get everyone working together, we could actually uh, really help the whole Shushwap emerge as a destination trail center. So, uh, so that's really kind of behind this. So, you know, you, you kind of start on the, the small scale and then you get people working together. Suddenly, this bigger thing emerges out of it. And, and uh, when we start to do the count, put it together, in the last 10 years, we built another 100 kilometers of trail throughout the entire region. We've created 11 new destination trail systems to add to the ones that existed. So there really are 100 trails <laughs> in the guide now, over 400 single-track trails. And, and really, if you do the count, in the winter when you add the cross-country ski trails, there's a choice of over 700 kilometers of trail. So no excuse. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, excuse. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Don't tell me you don't know where to go for a walk. Yeah. <laughs> what goes into making a trail, though? Like, what goes into the decision behind choosing to go left as opposed to going right at a tree? Like, because when right. I hike trails, I think, well, it would be better to hike over there by the lake. So why am I hiking right, up here? Right. 
So, sometimes the decision is, uh, did I have a map? I should have brought a compass with me, right? Like, yeah. like, hey, I didn't know I'd end up here. Yeah. But uh, honestly, for the, you know, in designing trails and saying, let's think this through, um, uh, part of that decision, I would say about 80% of the work is human geography. It's getting people working together and really thinking that through thoughtfully. It also means paying attention to the landscape and thinking about the ecology of the area, making sure that we're not damaging stuff just by being there. So uh, quite a lot goes into it. And then there's the final experience, like what, uh, what's this going to feel and flow like? It's a lot like water. Uh, you know, trails, they don't care about jurisdictional boundaries. They care more about being respectful of the, the landscape and the people trying to use the trails. So, Now, as far as the, uh, the ST6 is concerned, when you guys are putting together a trail, obviously you work quite closely with the event itself. And uh, oh, as, as as Phil wants his chowder, man. He, he ain't taking no substitutes. He wants that chowder. Food, I got the chicken souvlaki right there. I, I know Phil's got the chowder. <laughs> just just sorting out orders here. Uh, yeah, right. But in the meantime, uh, Phil. So when you're putting together the tracks for the the single track six, do they come to you and be like, you know what, Phil? We tried this like little more rocky trail last year. We noticed a lot of bikers were breaking their legs on it. <laughs> Can we get something safer? And in that case, is it like, okay, let's redo this trail? Or is it like, let's find a different trail that's a little bit less dangerous and a little less leg breaky? Yeah, both. And I mean, in this case, you've got, uh, you know, you've got the single track six and the Trans Rockies team. Or these, these guys are super experienced with race uh, courses. So they've come out. They've, they've gone out with the bike club. They've ridden all the trails. They've, they've chosen based on their past experience uh we usually try and not break a whole bunch of legs first to see if it's a good trail we try we, we try and think that through first but if it, it you know honestly there's two choices one is let's choose a different route we've got a lot of choices the other is if it's not a sustainable trail then then we're committed to to working together to do something about it and it sometimes it means closing it and rerouting it that's that's part of the puzzle now phil i've always wanted to ask someone who had responsibilities with building trails and maintaining trails this question because I, I, I hike a lot of trails. Two pet peeves of mine <laughs> are when... Question one. First... <laughs> peeve one. When mountain bikers... This is convenient. When mountain bikers bike down a trail that are only for hikers, how can you prevent something like that? Or is there no way to prevent that? That's just a... A rebel mountain biker. You, you know the, the what comes up is uh, oh we it's, you know we can't enforce it. It's just we can't afford to do that. The best way is to get people working together. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you get communities working together and different users, trail users working together, they will work it out. And that's been our experience in the throughout the shoe shop, working through the trail lines, getting people working together. The other is design. A trail that's not designed for multi-use like that yeah. really fails. And, uh, you know, if it's, 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 if it's designed as a steep downhill mountain bike trail, it's really hard to walk it. And that's, it needs to be designed and then appropriately signed. So we, when we started out with everyone and got everyone working together, we said, look, let's, let's create a, a kind of a, a mandate for ourselves. Let's design these things well, but let's sign them really well as well. And that's helped people. So we're working on that. It's a work in progress. We're emerging. Yeah. Um, the other thing, uh, hikers that do use the mountain bike trails, uh, where we do say, yeah, go for it, um, we're really clear on the signage. And you'll see it out at South Canoe. It says, you know, hikers, be really vigilant on this. In some cases, we'll close it, and then it really is a user at risk. With horses, it's a bit easier. We've come up with some really cool, innovative step-over designs where bikers just know, hey, there's a step-over log with a sign on it. I'm going to go a different way and stuff like that. So we've been experimenting. But you know what? People working together... 
that's the key then. Hey? Our experience is people actually want to do the right thing and have a good experience. Because that was my other pet peeve when the signage does not tell you where to go. When there's a fork in the road you, and you're trying to not hike a black diamond road, but you end up hiking <laughs> yeah. a black diamond road. Doesn't so that suck? So you're yeah. telling me that Phil, Phil is responsible for that not happening to somebody, right? <laughs> So, so now we're starting to point fingers of blame, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So I just, yeah, now, now, now I'm going to say, well, thanks to shoe shop tourism. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just Matt's way, Phil. It's just he, he likes it, you. That's his he, way of showing he likes you. It's a good, it's a great pet peeve, though. That's really it. If it's not, I mean, trails are only as good as people know about them and use them. And if we aren't giving people the information to actually, like we found in Salmon Arm, actually, the Greenway Volunteer Greenways Group had built tons of trails. But if you asked a local person, they didn't even know they existed because there were no signs. Yeah. So when we put signs up on them a few years ago, people started congratulating us on the trails we built and said, we, we didn't. All we did is we signed. <laughs> These were here the whole time, here's, you guys. Here's the volunteers. And they're like, really? <laughs> oh, so man. just the signs alone actually help people get out on them. But they, they are, they're, it's complex. And it, I mean, part of it is, is begging people to kind of have patience. One of the tools we've created is a trail report hotline. And we've created wow. it for the whole region and said, look, if you hit that fork and you go, I'm really kind of ticked because I'm on the black diamond. I thought it was going at the very least report it back to us so that we can let whoever's responsible for that yeah. trail know. And that's that's part of what the alliance is doing. We're not taking responsibility for everything, but we are saying, hey, let's yeah. let's kind of try and help and let the people who need to know know. So. I like this Phil guy. He's saying the right things. He's Am saying I saying all, the right he's things? He's saying all the right awesome. things. Awesome. Yeah. One, one last question for you, Phil. And this, um, don't worry, I'm not bagging on you like Matt. That's not my character. Um, <laughs> with the forest fire and the fire hazard uh, advisory going on this summer with the semi-drought we're having here in BC by our standards, does that affect anything you guys are doing with, with regards to fires and stuff like that? Yeah. Like we've, we, we work on exactly the same uh, protocol that, uh, that our, uh, our colleagues in the firefighting uh, world do and in the forestry world do. So uh, with our trail teams, with our volunteer teams, uh, we're monitoring fire uh, calls and status using the same safety regulations. So right now in this area, even with the rain, we're not using power tools out on the oh, uh, thing. So good. I can tell you for a fact, because I was out on Wednesday with a group of us getting trails ready for the race, and we hand-cut all the blow-down trees. I love you so, guys. So, yeah. And we'll, and we'll monitor closely. And we're out with, we're out with firefighting equipment, so we've got uh, spray cans with us and, and all that stuff. And we monitor the trails afterwards as well. So That's awesome. we have to be cautious. That's awesome, being responsible as well. Phil McIntyre, Paul, Executive Director of Shoe Swap Trail Alliance, a true trailblazer, Matthew. Thank you, Phil, and thanks so much for your time here on Brood Radio today. Hey, a pleasure, you guys. Thank you. Cheers. Back with more on Brood Radio coming up next. Brood Radio. And we're back. It's Brood Radio. Matthew Rosenthal and Corey Basso here for TSN Radio, live in Salmon Arm at the Shoe Shop. Enjoying ourselves so far. We're back here at the Barley Station once again, and we got some cyclists with us. we got some mountain bikers with us, Maddie. Are you intimidated? In front of actual athletes? Yeah. I thought I was an athlete, but seeing these two, uh, I'm not an athlete. No, you're a weekend warrior, and I find it a, a, a stretch to call you a weekend warrior. We're joined by uh, world champion Pan Am silver medalist Catherine Pendrel uh, joining us here. Catherine, how are you doing? Doing well. 
Awesome, awesome. So let's talk a little bit about the uh, the Trans Rockies here. Uh, this is your first time out. Tell us a little bit about, and you're a local gal, I should mention, for those who don't know, just around the bend here at Kamloops, I believe it is. That's right. Um, talk about riding these trails, getting out here for the Trans Rockies, and uh, what it's like to participate in an event like this. Sure. Well, this will be my first Trans Rockies event, and I'm really excited about it because although I am local, I am going to be seeing a lot of trails that I've never ridden before. Tomorrow I'll be racing some of the trails that I've done in the Salty Dog, but also some new ones. And uh, then the next two days when we go to Silver Star and Vernon, it's going to be trails completely new to me and some trails that have been added to these communities in recent times. So really excited to check them out and uh, I'm sure I'll be back to spend more time on them. What do you like about trails? What hinders you on trails? Are you a big rock person or are you more like, what? I'm not much of a trail rider myself, so tell me what goes into riding trails and what intimidates you and what do you feel comfortable with? Um, I love I love trails. Uh, I grew up in New Brunswick, so if there's lots of rocks and roots, I'm very happy. And uh, actually, one of the things about that I miss living in Kamloops is that we have so few rocks and roots to, to challenge myself on. But um, every area offers something new and different, and that's the, the fun thing about mountain biking is that there's always going to be a new challenge. Uh, there's not a whole lot that scare, scares me out there, but mm-hmm. uh, definitely there there are some some moments. Um, seeing particularly the kind of racing that I do, which is cross-country mountain biking, you're getting a lot more features added. So these are going to be man-made jumps and drops and yep. uh, things like that. So definitely those can take some time to learn. But, you know, I've been I've been riding a bike for so long now that it's kind of your exposure to things just increases over time. And what used to scare you, what you used to walk, you just yeah. go down effortlessly now. Now, I've always wondered... What goes into maintaining your bike? Because going down those types of jumps and, and rocks and big lifts and stuff like that, you got to assume uh, nuts and bolts are coming loose. There is probably some maintenance to it. Do you ever? Does that ever frighten you, thinking, what happens if my tire pops off once or something like that? If you're thinking about that when you're going downhill, that's a bad thing. <laughs> but what goes into maintaining a machine like that? Sure, yeah. Um, you know, definitely they do require regular maintenance. Uh, I could be changing the oil in my fork every 30 hours of riding, which, uh, you know, for some people that might be a long time but uh for me i can put 30 hours in on a mountain bike pretty quickly so yeah definitely you want to be constantly checking over your bike maintaining it um you know the most basic things would just be uh taking care taking care of your drivetrain making sure it's lubed and cleaned and uh you know inspecting your tires and, and things like that Catherine pendrel world champion mountain biker joining brood radio here in salmon arm Catherine, what are you expecting out of this race? Are you coming to have fun? Are you coming to win? Is this training for you? Like, what are your expectations? Sure. Um, I was actually really excited that I was able to fit this into the season. And the reason I was doing that is because my husband's doing single track six. (laughs) And uh, I wasn't sure I could fit it in. I raced our national championships two weeks ago after the Pan Ams. And then I'm racing a World Cup on this Sunday. So uh, I'm not able to do single track six, but I was able to do single track three. And I'm doing it for fun for the community that I get out of mountain biking locally and uh, as a really good way to keep my training level high in between so much racing and traveling that I've been doing. Now yesterday we interviewed uh, a gentleman who kind of was an organizer of the event and he said that weekend warriors can go out there. Do you agree with that or? Definitely, definitely. I mean with this kind of racing it's all about setting the, the best pace for you so there are going to be people that are going to start very hard and uh, if you're a weekend warrior you may not want to go <laughs> with them because you may regret it um, but you know the thing with these races is that there's so many people out there that you find your own group and you're never riding alone so you know you find your group and you pretty much stay in that group for the week and you make new friends and it's awesome what's different about the terrain here because you've raced all over the world 
So what's different about the terrain here in BC and specifically in Shushwap? Well, I think something about BC is that it's so diverse within this province. Um, in in this area, you're going to start off in Salmon Arm. It's going to be um, quite a bit of roots and rocks. And then as you move towards Penticton, it's going to get a lot drier, faster, looser, uh, particularly with uh, some of the dry weather we've been having. So I think people that are coming from outside of BC are going to be really impressed with the diversity of trails that they're going to get exposed to. And I think they're going to have a really great time. What is the worst wipeout you've ever taken? Ooh, um, I have broken... Get graphic, get graphic. (laughs) I've broken my collarbone twice uh, since 2013, Mm. within nine months of each other. But I did both sides so that I'm symmetrical, (laughs) so we're good. Okay, well, that's fine. It level, it balances out then, doesn't it? So, like, is there a mindset where you have to kind of get yourself ready to maybe take a bit of pain to jump on that bike, or, or, or is it just blank in your mind and you're just like oh, whatever get on the bike what happens happens um definitely mental preparation for racing is, is a big part of the game you have to be strong be, be prepared for that time when you are going to feel weak and, and be ready to to handle that um in terms of uh getting over fear it's you know it's a gradual thing and hopefully you're not too fearful by the the time you get into a race but definitely having gotten injuries you can become a bit more timid and it's all about being progressive and coming back and you know not over facing yourself too quickly just working your way back up gradually little by little until you can be at the level you were at or uh, hopefully even get above that is it competitive out there between the bikers is it quite a tight-knit group or or would you can we expect you to see you trash talking andreas before his race (laughs) i'll definitely be trash talking andreas (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, you know, I think we're obviously all competitive people, but it doesn't mean that it's not friendly. You know, it's a it's a really great rivalry. Uh, the atmosphere in mountain bike racing is phenomenal. It's kind of what's kept me in the sport. Uh, we'll race each other hard, and then we'll relax and uh, after the race and, uh, and enjoy talking about it. Now, you're a true athlete compared to Corey and I. <laughs> That's why we've got the water and you guys have the beer. Exactly, yeah. That was the first indication right there. So what is your like your training? What do you go day to day? Do you train every day? Do you eat healthy every day? Like, can you have a pizza? Yeah, you can definitely have pizza. You can. Yeah, especially if you make it yourself. That, so does that actually help, hey? You make oh, yeah. it yourself. Yeah, because then you can put on what you want to put on and... Yeah, you've got. Control. So you don't you don't worry about that type of stuff then. Can you have a beer? Like I know you're oh, racing yeah. tomorrow, but well, see, I I just like having my husband's beer. <laughs> so he orders <laughs> it and then I get to sample. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, definitely uh, you train hard, but you can have play too. And, uh, um, you know, in terms of diet, the one of the best things about riding so much is that we burn a lot of calories. True, yeah. Now, do you do winter sports? Because mountain biking seems to be a summer thing. You can't <laughs> yeah, mountain bike in um, the winter. I do um, living in Kamloops, and I do choose the winter there rather than going away for the winter. Um, so I do a ton of cross-country skiing, a lot of skate skiing, classic skiing, love that. And uh, I think it's the perfect thing for me to have a, a strong season is because I'm mentally fresh when I go to get back on the mountain bike. I'm excited to, to ride trails that I haven't been able to ride in months. And uh, yeah, I think it's really great. So you kind of take like six months of, of riding and then six months off? Mm, or are you doing it? <laughs> <Not> yeah, <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in the winter is actually when you do uh, the higher volume of your training. So um, my competitive season goes from March to October, and then kind of I'll take unstructured training for a month or two, and but still be very active. And then I'll be doing a lot of skiing, uh, weight training, and uh, cycling on the trainer inside. Now switching to your your mode of transportation, your bike. How much does your bike cost? Can you give us like a ballpark? Like, 
This you didn't sure. buy this at Zellers. Ballpark ten thousand. Ten thousand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've got a electronic shifting. It's a Shimano Di two and electronic suspension. It's all operated on one battery that's integrated together, so it's pretty fancy. So, so you're more or less riding a robot, is what you're telling us. That's <laughs> pretty I just, intense. I don't even have to pedal, actually. Oh my! <laughs> I'm just thinking it does. Uh, Catherine Pendrel joining us right here on uh, uh, Brewed Radio. Uh, what can we expect for you after this race? What what events do you have planned in the future, and what's coming up uh, on the horizon for Miss Pendrel? Sure. So we'll be doing single track three, so that's Sunday to Tuesday, and then on Wednesday morning, I'm hopping on a plane to Quebec. I'll be racing a World Cup in Montsenin, Quebec, followed by a World Cup in New York, and then it's off to Europe where I'll have uh, a World Cup and World Championships. Awesome, Catherine. Thank you so much for joining us here on Brood Radio. I'd like to say I've learned a lot here about mountain biking because I came in a relative novice and you've taught me a lot and I don't want to break either side of my collarbone. So, so. you're going to get on the bike tomorrow? Yeah, the electronic one that drive? pedals for me? Yeah, that one I'll get on <laughs> for sure. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us here on Brood Radio. Thanks a lot, guys. That's more coming up next right here on Brood Radio. Brood Radio. And we're back. It's Brood Radio. Matthew Rosenthal and Corey Basso here in Salmon Arms Shoe Swap. I'm here for some single track mountain biking, Maddie. It's been a good experience so far. We're sitting here at the Barley Station. Lovely hosts, great food. It's on the way. Tried a couple of their lovely beers. Uh, so far, what are you thinking of the Salmon Arms Shoe Swap? I know it's been a while since I've been back here in a, a chilling capacity, but uh, what's it been like for you? It brings back a lot of memories. I used to camp here pretty much every, every year when I was younger. I haven't been up here for a while, and I got some family up here get a bit of golfing in recently so uh, it's been pretty good although i'm excited about this pineapple chicken curry i've got coming here i've heard good things so i'm excited about that coming yeah, and also try the chowder i should say I'm a, I'm a chowder connoisseur and i will say I've, I've heard good things about the chowder not getting it myself i'm trying the chicken souvlaki platter but uh, i can imagine that the chowder is just as damn good uh, we should also mention that we're uh here courtesy of padolan inns uh the lovely people at padolan inns putting us up great resort there lovely pool i will say uh, nice spacious rooms like one of the nicer joints you'll stay in in, in BC isn't it yeah except for you uh, walking around uh, Speedo with, uh, at the uh, Oasis pool they have <laughs> it's a nice pool it's probably the, one of the nicer pools I've ever seen for like a hotel chain kind of thing like it's it's a beautiful pool it almost feels like you're in the tropics kind of when you're around that pool it's got like the little hut it's got the the bar sides there the poolside service it's really cool and we should mention that uh, Table 24 at the Padolan Inns uh, their lovely little restaurant in the lobby there Salmon Arm every month they have a winemaker dinner with tapas creations from executive chef uh, David Schiaffino and a winemaker from a local winery in the Shushwap or Okanagan Valley. Each winemaker dinner is hosted by the winery. Uh, hear their story on winemaking as they describe how they make their wines, what differentiates what differentiates Matt them from other wineries, and why they pair best uh, with certain flavors. The next one is July 31st, uh, Table 24 at the Padolan Inn. That's in Salmon Arm, of course. They have a couple other locations, one in Fort Mac and one in Grand Prairie. Uh, Don and Sarah Triggs from Colmina uh, Family Estate Winery in Oliver, B.C., uh, featuring lots of tapas going on there. Uh, seats are limited, Maddie. Seventy-five bucks per person, so you got to get in there, get your food in, you get your wine in. You uh, call to reserve at one two five zero eight three two five zero two four. Once again, that's one two five zero eight three two five zero two four at online. I should say table twenty We are joined now by Aaron McConnell, president of the Trans Rocky event, single track six baby. Uh, he's going to be talking to us about all things mountain biking. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Awesome, awesome. So tell us, 
for those who don't know what single track six is, if you're not into the whole mountain biking thing, which you should be if you're in BC, because damn it, there's some good trails and some good scenery out here that you should be mountain biking on. Tell us a little bit about single track six and what you guys are about. All right, single track six is a six-day mountain biking stage race. And uh, we move it around a bit from year to year, but this year we're in the Shushwap and the Thompson Okanagan. So we're uh, starting here in Salmon Arm, and then we move on to Silver Star, Vernon, Kelowna, and Penticton. And uh, so, yeah, we've got riders from all over the world uh, coming to ride some of the best trails in the interior BC here. Now, tell us about where some of your clientele, as far as riders are concerned, are from, because we had a good discussion off mic here just a second ago. Uh, you got people from everywhere. you got people from Belgium. you got people from Brazil. you got people from the Falkland Islands, everywhere. <laughs> you got you got everybody. What is bringing people up here to ride this race? Is it just a love of mountain biking? Is it the scenery? What What is bringing all these different bikers from all over to ride? Really, people are coming to ride the best, the best trails and have a great experience. You know, Western Canada is... Uh, you know, a, a key place in the mountain biking world. Uh, definitely at the forefront of developing the best trails and some of the best riders in the world come from BC. And so what we're trying to do is showcase authentic mountain bike communities with great trail networks. Um, so, yeah, we've got 16 countries represented. Uh, wow. Canada, U.S., Belgium, U.K., all through Europe, uh, South America, South Africa, you name it. Now, tell us a little bit about other events, because I understand there this there is also a single track outside of Canada. Like This isn't just the one, one event of its kind. You can find this the equivalent of this in any other continent, more or less. So tell us a little bit about the other events, the other mountain bike races, and how they stack up with the one you guys are putting together here in the Shushwap. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Trans Rockies was, uh, was founded based on an event in Europe called the Trans Alp Challenge. And that started in 98. And then in 2002, we started the Trans Rockies Challenge in Canada. And it has become the single track six. But there's mountain bike stage races all over the world. Um, there's a big one in South Africa called the Cape Epic. Uh, there's one in Costa Rica where they go from the Atlantic to the Pacific. Or uh, maybe it's the Pacific to the Atlantic. But uh, <laughs> it's quite grueling. Uh, there's a Trans Andes uh, down in, in South America. Um, so, yeah, mountain bike stage racing is a, is a big thing, and it's a great way for people that are either not necessarily elite athletes, they could just be weekend warriors, but they are looking for a real true mountain bike adventure to go and see a region uh, and ride some of the best trails. Aaron McConnell, President Trans Rockies event, Single Track 6 is the event happening in Shushwap this weekend. Now, you just mentioned that it's for weekend warriors along with elite athletes. Now, I, I saw that there's Olympic Olympians that are participating. This are Pan American. Like this is legit. This isn't just all weekend warriors. This is a legit competition here. Absolutely. If you are a weekend warrior, you'll be lining up at single track six with Catherine Pendrel, who just won silver at the Pan Am Games mm-hmm. uh, last weekend. Um, and we have lots of pro riders and uh, Olympians coming to participate, um, right down to people who will be sort of riding more at a leisurely pace but want to see see the route they might take uh, significantly longer than Catherine will take to ride the <laughs> to ride the course <laughs> but they'll still have a great experience now when if someone were to sign up for one of these is this like how long is this going to take someone to complete well each day you know uh, the the fastest riders will probably be in in two hours uh, maybe okay. less um, over six days so you know, 12 hours total. 
the uh, the back of the pack might be six hours each day, so they might be thirty six hours over the course of six six days. Is this similar to like the Iditarod where you sleep and then you bike the next day, or are we taking a couple days off before the next event? No, it's six days six days straight. Six days and straight. Then, uh, it's a little bit like the Tour de France. Each morning we have a mass start. And uh, we take your time from that stage, and then we create a, a ranking, a stage race ranking, a general classification. Now, one thing, another thing we were talking about, Aaron McConnell, president of Trans Rockies Events, a single track 60 event, uh, is that different terrains and different landscapes can definitely mean different skill sets. Because you find that sometimes you get the South Americans or, or, or the, the people who are more used to the flat track or something like that who can do the stamina, but they aren't so used to the jumping up and down rocks and going down rocky mountains and doing that kind of stuff. They can do the long, straight endurance, but when it comes to getting down and dirty, it hinders them a bit. How do you find that helps or maybe hinders the dynamic of the event, knowing that different racers have different skill sets based on their climates or where they were trained? Yeah, well, it definitely creates an interesting dynamic out on the trail when uh, some of the the Europeans that come in with very high levels of fitness can really put the hammer down on on the road sections or the climbs. Um, but they might not have quite the same skills as a homegrown Western Canadian rider who's used to riding kind of more gnarly single track. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, it, that's changing too, though. We've seen that the European skill set has been coming up in the in the 10-plus years that we've been doing these events, and uh, they're seeking out great technical riding as well. Now, I know you also deal quite uh, closely with Phil McIntyre, Paul, who's the executive director at Shushwap Trail Alliance, and he'll be joining us shortly here on Brood Radio. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, that uh, partnership, I guess you would call it. Uh, what goes into picking trails that these guys will ride? Uh, what goes into saying, you know what, this trail needs to improve or let's do something different? What goes into just picking what these guys are going to do? And, it's, and, and when does it become a safety issue too? Because there are some quite all-terrain <laughs> tracks to, to do it out here in Salmon Arm. Right. Yeah, well, first and foremost, we're looking for the best rides that, uh, that a region has to offer, a community has to offer, and, and you know, trails are a great tourism asset for these uh, towns that can build these trail networks, and then they can develop a reputation as a great place to go ride. So we want to show off those trails and help the communities in showing off those trails. Um, obviously, we're also looking for a great experience for our riders. So we're looking for trails that are, you know, fun, technical single track that will present a challenge and, you know, some, some big climbs and some really screaming downhills. Um, you know, some of the trails for a cross-country race, um, you know, our riders aren't wearing armor or full-face helmets. They're equipped a little bit lighter. Um, so we we'll, might stay away from some of the downhill-only kind of big drop type trails um but there'll still be plenty of challenge out there now i can foresee a challenge in what someone who wanted to watch this type of an event like how 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 does that go how do you go about watching this type of event like do you just hang around a corner and then watch the guys go by or how how does it play out for spectators if they want to see this you know, one of the best places to watch is at a checkpoint. Um, so, like here, we have a checkpoint up at the Larch Hills Nordic uh, Trail Network, which is easily accessible. Um, and uh, so there's checkpoints along the route. There's about three on each stage. Um, so that's a, a great place to go and watch, or you can come to starts and finishes. Does this event, like, lead into, can, is it, like, does this happen for, like, Olympic qualifying? Does this have anything to do with that? Or do, like, are, do, they put, do competitors come here to, like, prepare for bigger events like the Olympics if they're doing that? 
It's not officially a qualifier or any kind of points, but uh, as we said, Catherine Pendrel is coming. She's uh, just off Pan Am Games, so this is going to be a training mission for her. Mm -hmm. She's going into the second half of her World Cup season, um, and she lives in Kamloops, not far away, so it's a great opportunity to race um, some trails nearby and have a great time. Now, one thing we learned on the drive up here, Maddie, is that beautiful BC can also be rainy BC, even in the summertime when we're in a drought unexpectedly rain can just pop up does that hinder does that hinder the event or change in any ways or do you guys go rain or shine we generally go rain or shine yeah um and we have had a lot of rainy weather in the past this is our first time that we've been this far west into the okanagan and i you know it's funny this is the first time that we've actually ho- wished for rain because uh <laughs> you know the the fires have been going on and, yeah, and it's absolutely. been a hot and dry summer so far so it's been great to see a little bit of rain in the last few days it'll actually really improve the the uh, course for the riders aaron mcconnell president of trans rockies event single track six is the event taking place in salmon arm uh thank you so much for enlightening us aaron i think i've learned a lot today about mountain biking about trails about everything honestly um having never set foot on a bike bigger than like a little BMX where you can pretty much touch your knees on the ground when you sit on the seat. I'm, I'm quite a novice when it comes to mountain biking, so I feel like I actually have learned quite a bit. Um, do you find that the mountain biking community, even though despite our great, um, our great terrain and stuff like that, can still grow here in BC? Oh, absolutely. We've, you know, we've seen tremendous growth in the last 20 years that uh, I've been involved with the sport. And there's lots of different types of mountain biking now. It used to just be mountain biking, and now there's, you know, cross-country racing, there's downhill racing, there's stage racing, there's enduro. Uh, and it's, it's great because it's very accessible. Uh, the equipment has improved a lot. And so if you live in just about anywhere in B.C., it's, uh, it's a great activity. There, you heard it. Aaron McConnell, once again, president of Trans Rockies Events at Single Track 6. Thank you so much for joining us and helping us out here on Brood Radio, man. Thanks very much, guys. Awesome. More Brood Radio coming up next. Brood Radio. Back it's Brood Radio. Matthew Rosenthal here with Corey Basso once again in Salmon Arm at the lovely Barley Station Brew Pub. We've got another ride us with here, Maddie, international superstar Andreas Hartmann from Germany. Sir, welcome to the program. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. I love this guy already. I love this guy already. So, Andreas, this is your first run here at the the, the single track uh, Trans Rockies. Tell us about. Um, what it's like coming over from Germany and riding over here in Canada because I assume the mountains and, and the trees and everything is a little bit different over there in the Alps or wherever you guys are riding over there. Uh, tell us about what, it, what it's like to come here to Canada and ride the bike. Yeah, first of all, I'm not a superstar. <laughs> That's for sure. You are, now, so. that you're on, now that you're on our show, you are. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but just a small number in Europe. So much fast, guys. No. Um, yeah, the riding is pretty different. So, in Europe, we mostly climb up on fire roads yep. and go down on single track whenever we can. Yep. Yeah. But those single tracks are more like hiking, hiking trails. Yeah. And, yeah, the places I've been here in Canada now, they are all made for mountain biking. Like, yeah. I was last weekend in Canmore, and then I spent the week in Jasper. Yep. And, yeah, those trails are really made for mountain biking. That's, yeah. that's the real sense of mountain biking there and endless trail riding and yeah perfect 
perfect single tracks. So this is your first competition here. How do you feel people are welcoming to you? Is it is it like oh this guy's from overseas? He thinks he's a big shot. He's going to come and conquer Canada, or do or do they think are they very welcoming to you and say you know welcome, come and try our tracks? Oh, people are really welcoming. Yeah, what I experienced up to now, so that was really nice. Yeah, really nice people. Now, when you get a do you, in between uh, tracks and stuff like that, do you get a chance to come into the city and check stuff out here and have some food and, and some drinks and meet the people, or is it is it just all riding, all training, back to the hotel room once you're done, have a shower, to bed, wake up, eat breakfast, go ride again, or what's it like? Um, actually, last week was pretty easy. Uh, when I was in Jasper, I still was a little bit jet lagged the first days and. Um, felt a little bit sick and that was really easy I was down in town we had a, a brew pub ride with the local bike <laughs> shop guys there in the evening so <laughs> it's really cool up there they uh, meet up in the evening and uh, for like 30 people or so and afterwards everyone is invited for a beer in the brew pub <laughs> so we had great community there and I saw some, some nice spots around Jasper yeah that was really cool so what are your expectations in this race? Are you expecting to win? Is this a training? You didn't come all this way to lose, right? Um, actually, yeah. As it was planned to race the Transalps this week for me. Yeah. Um, which is one of my... Or, or would have been one of my highlights. But my partner crashed uh, four weeks ago. So uh, we had to search for alternatives. And uh, yeah, so I should be in, in good shape. <laughs> And, yeah, we'll see. Uh, it's hard to say. The racing is so different. The races are pretty short, so tomorrow will be for, like, two hours or so. Europe racing is mostly around four hours. Um, yeah, and there's so many fast guys. Uh, there's Corey Wallace, the Canadian champion. There's some of his teammates from the Kona team and some American guys. The winner of the BC bike race. And, yeah, those guys... Are, they're really really fast on trail yeah so it's hard to say uh, but I, I really want to go <laughs> as fast as I can and <laughs> well now, yeah. the, now you've been on Brood Radio you've got some good karma I think coming <laughs> coming your way for <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> now, how did you get into mountain biking is there like a special story or did you just one day you were riding your bike and you thought I'm going to go down this hill um, I think it was one day on summer holiday and it was pretty boring mm -hmm. <laughs> and I took the mountain bike of my father and yep. just uh, rode up the next hill yeah, and I really enjoyed it and started to <laughs> decided to start racing someday. Yeah. Now, how long have you been doing it for? Um, I started in 2006, yeah, yeah, with local races and uh, yeah, then year after year this, this mountain bike thing was growing and became more and more the biggest part in my life. Yeah. Now, what, did, what would be your ultimate goal? Like, is the Olympics your ultimate goal, or is there something smaller that's your, your goal you're reaching? What are you striving for? Um, I think, like, I'm more in marathon races. The Olympics are not so interesting for me. Um, yeah, there are some, some big stage races I want to really do well in, like uh, the Cape Epic, which is probably the biggest one in the world in, in South Africa. And also the Transalps, which is really important in Germany or in, in, in Europe. And, um, yeah, it's like a home race for me over the Alps. Yeah, really want to go faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, Andreas, uh, are you married? Do you have a girlfriend back in Germany? 
Um, yeah, that's a girl waiting for me. Yeah, there's a girl waiting for me. No, no, I hope wait, wait, there's a girl waiting for me. <laughs> no, so what does she say when you're com- coming over to Canada and you're coming to raise bikes down here and, and put your life on the line and go down some big crazy hills? Is she supportive of you or is she like, oh my God, you're crazy? I know she's really giving me a lot of support in this and... Uh, yeah, she's used to that. She she doesn't know me any <laughs> other way. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's it's a good watch. Now I gotta ask you because I'm a huge I'm a huge soccer fan. I love my soccer. I love <laughs> I love my foosball. Uh, you're from Germany, so you must you must have a club. You must support the team. Germany are the reigning world champions. Bayern Munich won the Champions League. I think it was three two or three years ago. So yeah. there's good things going on in, in soccer in Germany right now. Are you are you able to get out to matches and watch watch anything when you're there? Um. I'm absolutely not in football or in soccer. Yeah. yeah, my brother is, but I'm totally not a, a big fan. Yeah, I like the international competitions, like the World Championships or the Champions League, and yeah. I, I follow that. Yeah, but that's it. And uh, another yeah. th- another thing that's, that you guys got going on in Germany that we're really getting a hold of here in Canada is beer. You guys love your beer over in Germany. So when you get a chance to come over to BC, where we have breweries popping up every other day, we're, we're really we're really putting ourselves in the map as far as beer. Do you get a chance to come out here and, and drink some cool beer, or is that in your repertoire? Or no. Oh uh, no, I think uh, beer gives you a lot of power. It's pretty important. <laughs> yeah. As I, I have a beer sponsor down uh, over in Germany. Yeah. So no, beer is pretty important. Not too much, but yeah. What is a typical day off for you? What do you do when, like, mountain biking is fun for you. But what do you do to have fun but to get away from mountain biking? Uh, first of all, have a long sleep. <laughs> and then uh, maybe go out to a lake or so and just enjoy the day there. And then have a long sleep again. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty important. I'll pose the same question I posed to Catherine earlier. Mountain biking is a summer sport. So do you partake in anything in the winter? Are you a skier, snowboarder, snowshoer? Um, what are you into in the winter? I'm pretty much in uh, ski mountaineering yeah. in winter. Yeah, I do a lot of this because we have perfect mountains for that. And um, some cross-country skiing. And the other part of the winter we mostly uh, spend in Spain for training on the bike. Oh, nice. So winter is normally only December, January for me at home in the snow and then we're off to more sunny places <laughs> yeah andreas hartman joining us here international biking superstar from germany uh andreas <laughs> i asked the same question of Catherine. i gotta ask it of you uh what is your worst injury mm. and don't and it's okay you can be graphic be very graphic i'm pretty lucky that there's no bad injury really now. No- yeah. nothing to go to the hospital for Nothing like that? Just maybe a toenail or something like that? I was in hospital last weekend in... Well, tell me Canada. about it then! That's, that's what I'm talking about! <laughs> yeah, first day in Canada and I had to go to hospital. <laughs> yeah. What happened? What happened? Yeah, we were riding on Saturday and uh, a bee stung me. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry I'm laughing, yeah. but you would think it would be like some gruesome mountain biking yeah. injury, but a bee stung you. <laughs> yeah, there were grizzlies around and <laughs> the bee was attacking me. No, it was not a big deal, but on the next day we were riding again, and then something bite me in the arm, like a spider. I don't know what it really was, but I had a bite in the arm. Really? And then everything got swollen, my face got swollen, and that was really scary, so really? I had to go to hospital, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You don't have that in the Alps, do you? 
Uh, I don't have it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that yet, no. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's good to have you here, Andreas. Thank you so much for joining us here on Brood Radio, and You're best welcome. of luck in the races and, and all that. No more bee bites, okay? Yeah, I hope so. Thank <laughs> awesome. You. So, Rosie, that's a wrap for our trip here in Salmon Arm Shoe Shop. It's been a pretty good one. We've had some good eats here at the Barley Station Brew Pub, uh, Shoe Shop Lake Brewing. Thanks to Stuart. Uh, for putting that all together for us. Big thanks to Robin Sear from Shushwap Tourism as well. Uh, big thanks to Aaron from the Trans Rockies. Big thanks to Gavin from the Trans Rockies. Big thanks to Big Phil uh, from the Trail Alliance. And also, of course, uh, our two athletes, uh, athletes, Catherine Pendrel and Andreas Hardman. What do you think? Was this a good experience for us? Yeah, no, I haven't been back to Shushwap in a long time, so it was good to see a lot of new places that I've never heard of before, so it was good. Meet some athletes, got to do some cool stuff, got to sit on some cool lakes. So definitely, if you're in the area, check, uh, check on by, stop on by, uh, go through Salmon Arm Shoe Swap, uh, grab a beer at the uh, the Barley Station, go down to the lake, check it all out, uh, all that good stuff. So much more going on with Brood Radio coming up in a few weeks. Maddie, what do you think? Brood. <laughs> <laughs>